From the 420SF studio, this is the Sloppy Pod, the leader in the unpolished podcast, coming to you from the great Pacific Northwest, Lakewood, Washington. Well, hey, folks, uh, greetings and welcome. Uh, <laughs> come on in, come on in and have a, have a seat. Just do me a favor and don't let that door slam. Happens every time. Uh, again, greetings and welcome to all of you who decided to turn on, tune in, and drop out, as it were. Uh, here's to all of you who survived another week at doing what you do best, whatever that is. Uh, <laughs> pat yourselves on the back for getting it done, wrapped up, and disposed of. Sort of like cleaning up after your dog, or yourself, but I digress. Well, I don't know if I should tell this story uh, about cleaning up after your dog. I okay, so I was a complete douche. I, I but I have to tell the story. Um, I had my dog Stuart with me, and we were going to go to PetSmart and pick out you know a couple of toys, whatever you know. It was his day, so to speak, and. I, <laughs> I had him on the leash, and he was doing what he does, you know, sniffing around outside. You know, I, I want to make sure that he was completely evacuated, um, pee and poop, you know. And he did a couple of squirts here and there, and it's like, okay, are you done? Yeah, I guess so, you know. We get into the lobby, and he's... He's like skittish, like he didn't know what to do. And, compl- oh my gosh, completely unloads right there in the lobby. I mean, just shit himself silly. And and this wasn't solid. It was, it was like diarrhea. I mean, it was horrible. Thank God he didn't do it in the car. But I don't know what got into him. But it came all out. And I'm like, oh, oh, no. So I asked the woman at the counter, excuse me, my dog kind of had an accident. (laughs) Yeah. And she says, oh, no, look at that. I said, yeah, I know. She says, oh, the the cleanup uh, area... Is right over there if you want to grab some towels and and uh, a mop and everything. And it's like, I thought they cleaned it up, but it's like... And I would have cleaned it... Look, I just, I didn't know what to do. I panicked. I said, let me put Stuart out in the car and I'll be right back. And we both got in the car and left. I'm, I know, I know, terrible... A douchey thing to do, man. But it was it was a bucket load, and yeah. So I haven't been in there since. <laughs> uh, anyway, wow. Um, holy cow! Where was I? Oh, you know what? Hang on a second. Okay, so. Let me first off 
apologize profusely for going uh, MIA on you last week. Not this past week, but the the last week. Uh, I did that. Uh, I I didn't know that was gonna happen until late in the day. Uh, late in the day on Sunday, uh, I had some kind of programming uh, issues, and I also had had a super busy week that week. Uh, I had the endoscopy. Um, you know the 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 tube they go down your throat and they look through your upper GI tract and all that. Uh, they did find a couple of polyps uh, they sent to the lab. Um, what else? Oh, okay, so I did that on Tuesday, and then on Thursday, I had what they call, uh, I guess they referred to it as a fluoroscopic swallowing exam. Um, and essentially, they, they, uh, they just wanted to know how I swallow, I guess. I don't know. Down to me, down to me. That's nuts, that's nuts. Down to me, sign them all, down to me. I'm big about them. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't, didn't quite follow you. Oh, follow me, follow me. <laughs> follow me indeed. Follow me and like me, hey. Um, but so, yeah, they, they uh, didn't find anything, um, any type of issue on my swallowing exam, so... That's kind of, um, I don't know, man. It's kind of concerning. Uh, what else is going on? Um, oh, yeah. So I, I made my first meatloaf the other day. And I, <laughs> it, it didn't go, well, I mean, it tastes pretty good, actually. It didn't taste bad. But I I used eighty twenty hamburger hamburger um, and again it, it tasted okay but good lord man the amount of grease that that thing poured out uh, I still have it in the fridge I don't know what I'm gonna do with it I hate to throw it out but that kind of that kind of fat, that kind of uh, grease, I, I cannot eat. So, I don't know, I'd love to give it to the homeless, you know. I'm seriously, not just to be, you know, hey, here, here's some diarrhea for you, you know. It did give me, well, anyway, I won't go there. Uh, let's see. Okay, well, <laughs> we're, uh, we're, I might as well go there, right? We're talking about diarrhea now, okay? So, just follow me on this. Another story, okay? Um, it wasn't my dog this time. It was myself. Um, you know, I, I, I work for a company that transported railroad people all over the state of Texas, okay? And so, I had just wrapped up a trip all the way to Gainesville at the uh, the Oklahoma border. I get, oh my gosh, such a long trip, man. I get all the way back home. It's about one in the morning. I'm, I hadn't eaten all day. So I thought, okay, well, there's a Wendy's up here. I'll grab Wendy's on the way home. 
boom, I'll be done and I'll go home. I'll eat and go to bed, which is not the healthiest thing to do. But, you know, so I I order a single fried and a Coke. Simple, right? Well, at 1 a.m., apparently the food is not... <laughs> uh, it's not worth uh, the uh, headache. I eat it. I go to bed. And I'd say about 4, maybe 5 o'clock in the morning. Dude. Oh, man. It was every bit as such as this. <laughs> yeah. It was horrible. I, I, uh, I woke up, well, yeah, it woke me up majorly. And I'm thinking, oh, oh, shit. And it wasn't only that end. I mean, it was, I was like a fountain. Anyway, now that you have the visual, um, yeah, it was food poisoning. Um, Wendy's at 1 a.m. is not a good idea. So, anyway, that that's my story of, uh, being, uh, poisoned by Wendy's. Hey. So, um, with that, let's see, I think... I think we've covered everything. Um, yeah, I think we're going to keep moving. Um, so I do have a very special guest uh, coming up very soon. Um, when he calls in, we will uh, go to him. But until then, we're going to go to a break and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. All right, folks, welcome back to the 420SF studio, the sloppy pod, dude. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, I have a very special guest coming up uh, who is going to be on the phone just momentarily. He's a great friend and a former co-worker of mine um, from the old Leroy Jordan Redwood Lumber Company. Say that three times fast, drunk. Ha-ha! <laughs> Uh, and he's also a former roommate of my brother Terry, and that was interesting as well. So won't you please help me welcome Mr. Jan Schroeder. What's going on, Jan? Hey, how you doing, brother? Doing all right. Let me, uh, let me do this for you, because I know how much you love Grand Funk. Yeah, nice. the Grand Funk Railroad fan. Oh, are you kidding? Here we go. December 29th, 1969. I was 15 years old, and a wow. buddy of mine turned me on to it. And I've been a Grand Funk Railroad uh, fan ever since. I, I think I've seen them back in the heyday about five times. Now it was but then, uh, you know, you know that was back, you know back in the 70s, and they broke up in '76. But uh, and well, they got back together in uh, 
in 96, 96. And, uh, really? They had a free concert in St. Louis, you know, at, at um, go down there where the, where the train comes in. Um, I'm just totally going brain dead. But <clears throat> anyhow, me and my, my, uh, my first wife, we went to the concert and just, we just had a, a blast. You know, they played all their old, old, oh, uh, yeah. original members. You know, it all started out with a three piece group, Mark, Don, and Mel. Uh, Mark Farner, Don Brewer, the drummer, Mel Shocker, the, the bass player. Mark uh, Farner, I, I remember you mentioned him. He, he was a, a big, uh, uh, big guy that you enjoyed to listen to. Oh yeah, Mark Farner. Just, well, he plays the lead guitar and and uh, and organ and. <clears throat> but anyhow, he's uh, just really gifted. You know, all th- all three of those guys and, and they could really. It was like a, they you know they kind of copied off of of uh, Cream. You know, with oh yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, anyhow, uh, you know, I, I I seen him again, like I said, in '97 and. But what happened is uh, Mark Farner kind of broke off from the band. Yeah. And so he, he's got his own band now. And Don Brewer, the drummer, Mel Shocker, bass player, they went on ahead with Grand Funk Railroad, you know. And uh, so they got Max Carl from 38 Special, the lead singer. Actually, he looks a little bit like Mark Farner. But he didn't he don't sound have like the chops him. like Mark Farner. Right. Does. I mean, this guy could not carry Mark Farner's jock strap, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And so uh, I, I went to, well, me and my brother Jay went to Springfield, Missouri, and to see him. And, uh, well, next thing you know, it, uh, Max Carl starts doing a, a 38 special song. Uh, oh. The song's called, yeah, the song's called Second Chance. It's a beautiful love song. And I think, you know, all the guys that were there that had their dates probably got laid that night because that song is so beautiful and he sings it so wonderful, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, they, they got Bruce Kulick, ex-Kiss guitarist, uh, as, as their lead guitarist. Yeah. And, uh, and then the, the, other, the other guy on the, on the organ, Tim Cashin, which, which Danny, I swear he's identical to you. You know, he looks just like you, Tim Cashin. Oh, really? On keyboards. Yeah. Huh. But, uh, but anyhow, uh, I, I, what I did is I, one time I, well, here's, here's how it all started. After they broke up, Mark Farner went on his own. Well, up here in Iowa, not not too far from Quincy, from where I live here in Illinois, they have Burlington Steamboat Days, and they have big name bands come up, and it's right along the river, and it's a blast. Well, Mark Farner was there, and I started talking to this chick that was uh, working security. Well, next thing you know, it I, I sweet talked her enough to go backstage and meet Mark Farner. Oh, dude, really? Yeah. So I got to go backstage. I still carried my Grand Funk International fan club card in my wallet, you know. Yeah. And so I got that, that card out, and I had him autograph it, and we got to, you know, shoot the breeze. And uh, I thought for sure that the Red Album was their very, very first album. Well, he had to correct me. You know, he, their very first album was an album called On Time. Huh. And, uh, but they, the, you know, the Red Album is just a great album, but... Uh, yeah, he had to correct me, and I, I felt like a real dummy, you know, like, oh, I'm a big Grand Funk fan. Uh, it, it, Mark Farner stands about five foot nine. I thought the guy was just, you know, huge, you know, yeah. and, until I realized and see him in person, I thought, man, this dude's short, you know. Well, how tall are you? Well, I'm 5'8". Oh, okay. 
but you yeah, you pictured just, him I, a lot taller. Yeah. yeah. But, but, yeah, but anyhow, uh, well, actually, I, I shrunk an inch with old age. You know, <laughs> yeah. So I'm 5'7 now. Yeah, well, so when, you know, your, your bones get all brittle. And Dude, shit. I'm only 5'2, man. I can't afford to shrink. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But but anyhow, you know, Carter, uh, you know, autographed my card and everything and, and, you know, just had a real nice chat with him. And, Do you and, still uh, have the card? Say that again? Do you still have the card? You know what happened? I got, I was into my second marriage, and Uh-oh. my second wife was, you know, holier than thou. Uh. And I had, what I did is I had a, a shadow box with a, a Grand Funk Railroad, you know, in in one of their albums, there was a poster, and it showed all their photos and stuff in there. Yeah. Well, I, I put the poster in the shadow box. Mm. I put the autographs with the original fine print uh, uh, pen she threw you know, it out the sharpie pen inside the right you know the, in, inside the uh the shadow box right it was just it was just wonderful you know and and there was i actually i was talking to when i was when i was in um in burlington they had a newspaper <laughs> called the burlington b and uh i was interviewed and next thing you know what the next morning when i got up i stayed at a motel the next morning when i got up went out and bought a a newspaper sure enough my name was in there i cut it out i had everything in that shadow box well wow. with me being in my second marriage and my my wife being holier than now i ended up are you there uh, yeah i put it behind uh the door in the bedroom she and, threw uh, it out didn't she she did and, and i had it back there for the longest time well the oh, next thing you know dude. you know i was kind of getting out of the music scene because uh, my head was getting too big with Christ and all. Yeah. And so I ended up I took Jeff your, Dude, your phone's cutting out. What's that? Your phone is cutting out. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I, I, I took that shadow box and there was a, a CD store on Broadway Street here in Quincy. Mm-hmm. And I took that shadow box in there and I... I told the guy, I said, I want you to put it up over the G section for Grand Funk Railroad, you know, and he said he would. I gave it to him, and I'll be doggone, it was about three weeks later, I went by, the guy was originally from Chicago, I went by, the store was closed. Uh I I go digging through the friggin' trash Uh, hopper thinking he threw it away, and I could not find it anywhere. No, it probably went on eBay, bro. Yeah, but it was yeah. just oh man, it was so cool, and I kicked myself in the ass for doing that. But but what I did though is uh, there I had Mark Farner's autograph, you know, from his. He's got a group called uh, uh, Mark Farner and the Energy Band. Yeah. Actually, at one time, his brother uh, Ricky Farner was playing rhythm guitar, but he's got. I mean, this guy's got a, a black dude that played drums for James Brown as his drummer. Oh, sweet. Yeah, James Brown and the Famous Flames, man. And, uh, but anyhow, um, you know, the instant they broke up, Don Brewer and Mel Shocker got their own Grand Funk Railroad. And, uh, and so what it was, it was about like a year and a half later, Grand Funk was going to be in Kansas City, you know, at, at this, uh, Am- Ameren, uh, well, it, it was a, you know, a place where you go gamble. Right. You know? And, you know, I mean, they had a big, uh, you know, expensive hotel and everything. 
And so what I did, I was working at Westpac of Quincy, which was a Pepsi-Cola bottler at the time. Yeah. And I told, I told my boss, I said, I said, I'm going to a family reunion in Kansas, <laughs> you know. And actually, my mother was from Kansas. So off I went. I had this old beat-up Chrysler product uh, vehicle, you know. And this darn thing, you, you would drive it. it. It ran great until it started raining. I think it had a, a hairline crack in the distributor cap because when it starts raining, this thing would, would stop on you, you know. Yeah. And so I drove all the way to Kansas City by myself. And right across from the Amistar, I'm trying to think the, the, the name of the, the place, but uh, anyhow, across the street was a, was a red roof. So I go pulling yeah. in there. I got me a room at the red roof. And uh, and sure enough, you know, I was I was going to drive back that night, but it, storms were coming, you know, it was yeah. going to rain. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, I got to go to a break. Uh, can you hang on? Sure. All sure. right, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the 420 SS Studio, the Sloppy Pod, and we're uh, continuing our conversation with Jan Schroeder. Um, we're gonna we're gonna kind of uh, move into the um, kind of get off the uh, Grand Funk real quick. Uh, let's see, and uh, you know, you uh, you and I met. Uh, what was the eight? Was the eighty six? I don't remember. It was, uh, 1984. 84, okay. That, that's what I had. And I was thinking, okay, maybe I was wrong about that. But yeah, 84. Um, so before you left uh, for Austin, you know, you're still in Quincy. Uh, is it, Quincy is where you grew up? Oh, yeah. Born and raised here. Cool. It's and small, a small city, forty-five thousand people. You know, what? Uh, that's forty-five thousand now. What was it before? Do you remember? Oh, I don't know. It might have. I well, I'm thinking it's just right around forty-five thousand. Yeah. Then and now. Yeah, and so what brought yeah. you to Austin? Well, what happened is I was working at Gardner Denver Company here in Quincy, Illinois, and they build. Uh, they're in the market with uh, pumps and compressors. Uh, you know, if you're ever out on the highway and, and they're doing road construction, you, you'll you'll see a Gardner Denver compressor. You know, you, nine times out of ten, you're you're going to see one. But I worked there in 1973, right out of high school, and uh, I got laid off in 1982. Oh. So, uh, I never got called back to work till 1989. And so between 82 and 89, that's where I rendezvoused down into Austin, Texas. I was laid off. Actually, I was uh, had this job, you know, at a at a gas station, pumping gas, full service station. Oh, and yeah. back then, back then the wages were was 3.35 an hour. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and I just felt like I mean, there I was single and uh had a small apartment and I just thought my wheels were turning, I need to get the hell out of here. So I called my brother Roy that lived in Austin, Texas, and uh, and he said, well, sure, come on down. So I got an airline ticket to go from, from St. Louis to Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, wow. and he picked me up at Dallas-Fort Worth and then took me on to Austin. <clears throat> I mean, I didn't have a car or anything, you know? Yeah. My brother John, 
lived in uh, in Southern California, and he did auto body work. Well, my brother Roy was a uh, jack of all trades. You know, he put he, right. he was a aluminum siding installer. He could put doors, windows, anything. You know, uh, but my brother John at the time was putting on a new roof, so my brother Roy flew out there and put a roof on for him, and my brother John had a car for me. Nice. It was that, it was, it was that green Datsun B210, you know. That, oh, that, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but, but anyhow, um, you know, they, they hooked me up, and I, I was making payments to my brother, and, and uh, um, everything worked out great. So when uh, there I am, I'm, I'm sitting down, you know, and, and I got the Sunday's newspaper out, and I'm looking for a material handling job. Right. Sure enough, sure enough, it says Leroy Jordan Redwood Lumber. You know, <laughs> yeah. material handlers. And there I was. Uh, I, I drove down there. They gave me an application to take home to fill it out. Well, I'm sitting there at the kitchen table. My brother Roy's got got uh, two sons, and uh, well, needless to say, back then they were young. You know, still in, in school. We were sitting at the kitchen table one morning. You know, they were having breakfast, eating cereal. Well, next thing you know, the two boys got into a scuffle and knocked a glass of milk over, and it got onto my application. Oh, dude. I so, threw a freaking fit, man. <laughs> I, I got loud and everything. My brother Roy come out of the bedroom. He was getting ready to go to work. He come out of the bedroom and scolded me and told me, don't you ever talk to my kids like that again. Yeah. I mean, it, it scared me so, so bad, I just shook all over. I thought, oh, yeah. my God, you know. Did, did long story short, filled out the application, went in, was interviewed. Actually, I can't remember who interviewed me. Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, was it, um, it wasn't Elton. You remember? Well, it wasn't the, Elton. Was it, uh, let's see, there was Mark. Well, there uh, were two brothers. Yeah, Mark and Mike, or was it? I think that's what it was, yeah. yeah. I, you know what, it was, it was Mike. Uh, the two boys, they were brothers. One was yeah. a, Extremely good-looking guy, and, and the other guy was kind of tall, lanky, and had glasses. Yep, that was uh, that was Mark. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but uh, you know, the, the good-looking guy interviewed me, and you know, everything went great, <laughs> and, and so you know, I, I got hired on. And uh, but be, before the car even showed up, I mean, it was in the middle of summer, and, and in Austin, Texas, you know how it was. Dude, lived there. It was the humidity was yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. I My brother really picked me up in a Lincoln Continental and, and, and was going to drive me back home. Yeah. He's got a, a back then they were 24 ounce cans of Budweiser. You know, now they're 25 ounce. Yeah. But uh, they're, they're set at the console, ice cold 24 ounce can of Budweiser for our little trip on I 35 going north towards Lamar. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm sitting there just. I got in the car. It was so freaking hot, the, the sweat was dripping off my nose. Just drip, 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 you know, like a yeah. sink. Wow. But, what, you know, back then I had a beard, and I kind of, with the curly hair, I looked like Eddie Rabbit, <laughs> you know, the country music singer. Right, and yeah. And so one day, well, it was so freaking hot, I went into work the next day with the beard gone. And, it, and my coworkers are looking at me like, what the hell did you do that for? You yeah, know? well, so when when you got on, who who was all there? Was, was Milt there? Remember Milt? I, yeah, I think Milt was there. Milt, Milton Brown. Yeah, Milton uh, and Rodney. Rodney Stockton. Yeah. Man, I'm amazed you can remember the last names. Um, yeah. And, of course, now, was my dad there or no? Not yet. 
He was. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, the very first day on the job, Danny, your dad looked at me, and he says, he said, you're from Illinois, aren't you? He said, I can tell by the way you talk, and he said, I can tell by, he said something about my forehead. He goes, the look at <laughs> that forehead, you know, he says, you're from Illinois. <laughs> And then that's when he commenced telling me that he was born in Hannibal, Missouri. And I thought, wow, what a small world. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But your dad was a trip, man. <laughs> you know, great guy to work for. Yeah, he's... I mean, we got, a lot, we, got, we, we got by with murder over there. Oh, dude. Remember, I mean, we used to have forklift races and, I mean, uh, just doing uh, figure eights in the four-wheel. Remember... Uh, Remember uh, Big Red? Oh yeah. Big Red was a dinosaur, man. Yeah, I remember. I mean, my first day on the job, there was black dudes working in the lock in the in the you know in the lumber yard. Yeah, when, thinking, his name was Ken, wasn't it? I didn't know Jordan from Adam. I thought maybe he was a black guy. I didn't know. Who was and, it? But I, I do remember that one black guy. I can't remember his first name for nothing. I want to say it was he, Ken, wasn't it? Kenneth. Well. Oh, Kenneth drove the truck. There oh, was another okay. black guy that worked in the yard. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, well, I, I remember this guy. He had a Tupperware cup with a lid on it, and he'd have beer in that cup, and it was it was frozen. He had it in the, in the freezer in the break room, uh -huh. and he'd get out and drive that forklift around and, and you know make orders and stuff, and uh, would be drinking beer on the job. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought, man, but they ended up, I can't remember the guy's name for nothing, but he ended up stealing redwood lumber and had it in a, yeah, in a, um, what am I trying to say? Uh, uh, storage unit. In storage. Yeah, yeah. He, he had this stuff in storage, and somehow they caught on to it and found out about it. They yeah. went to the storage and collected all of that. All of that redwood. That yeah, he was, was dude, he was selling it and on the side. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff, you know, it's not cheap. If I recall, oh my God, it's expensive. If I recall, they had him locked up. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I... But, the, you know, the, the job was so fun. I, I remember, I'm up in one of the bins, you know, and that clear <laughs> all-hard red was so freaking heavy, and they, <laughs> they'd hire the Mexicans that couldn't even speak a word of English. And Those they guys. Were, they were throwing these uh, two-by-twelve... <laughs> 18 feet long and just throwing them in, in the bin. Yeah, I remember that. And they were, yeah. like, it would be pouring rain and everybody would be like, come on, come on, let's go inside. And it's like, no, no, we're okay. You know, and, uh, yeah, they would just be humping, man. You yeah. Know? Um, I, I remember I, I was, uh, you know, putting some some lumber away in, in one of the bins I ran a, a freaking splinter in my thumb, and I oh. screamed like like I screamed bloody murder because it hurt like hell. And I I remember Milton Brown looked at me when I screamed. <laughs> he looked at me real weird. He goes, "Man, something <laughs> really bad's gonna happen to you." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Milton Brown, man, he <laughs> he got me. Uh, he's like, "Hey, man, do you smoke?" And it's like. I've been known to, but, you know, not on the job. He goes, come on, man, let's go up in the rafters. I'll, I'll just smoke one with you real quick. It's like, no, I'm, a, I'm okay. And yeah. somehow he he broke me down. It's like, yeah, okay, man, just leave me alone. Let's let's uh, burn it real quick. And 
Man, I I remember just getting too high. Wow. And and now I've got to go down and you know deal with people. <laughs> right. I, I remember um, Milton Brown had that little skinny uh, mustache. Yeah. And when he would when he would walk, he'd have his head kind of tilted to the side. I, I can still picture it now. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I don't I don't remember those guys. I remember Rodney somewhat. But there were other yeah. people. I can't, I can't think of who else was there. But not that it matters. Um, yeah, I, I remember that one guy was homeless, heavy set dude that ate candy bars like they were going out of style. Yeah, who was that? And, uh, Do you remember? And he was, he was, you know, heavy set, dirty, filthy clothes on. He, he didn't have. Well, you know, needless to say, Austin Texas. Oh yeah, I remember now. This guy did, this guy didn't have socks or on, and his feet, his his ankles were scurvy. You yeah. You look at his ankles, and you think he had socks on. This guy was filthy. Yeah, I remember someone was saying, "Hey, we got to talk to this guy, man. He stinks. We gotta gotta get him cleaned up or something." Yeah, I remember your dad got the garden hose out and a bar of soap <laughs> and told him get back in there and take a freaking bath. Man. You know, <laughs> sprayed him down with a water hose. The dude was just—he was. I guess he—he he lived at the edge of town in a freaking cardboard box. Oh, dude. Yeah. That's bad. You know, I uh, yeah. there's a guy that I used to work with in a grocery retail, uh, and he stunk as well. I mean, he was he was horrible, and yeah. everybody kept saying, "Hey, man, we got to get someone to talk to him and, and get him cleaned up." And they all said Scanlon needed to talk to him. It's like, why me? Because because you can talk to people like that. So I did. Hang on a second. I uh, I came up to him and I told him, "Hey Tommy, hey man, you. Uh, I don't mean to offend you, but the guys have sent me to tell you that you got to clean up." What do you mean, yeah. man? It's like, yeah, you just you have a body odor, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. You just and I said, the guys pitched in. We got you deodorant. We got you new a uh, new shirt, new socks, whatever. And yeah. uh, if you would just go clean up, and he did. He didn't get pissed off. I think he kind of knew about it, and he right. came out of the bathroom and it was all fucking cleaned up. And like, there you go, you know. Good. But the next day he came right back stinky. So. Oh God. Yeah, sad. Anyway. You have to tell him you got to you know you got to stick with it. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not a one day deal. I'll tell you what we're yeah. gonna uh, we're gonna go to a final break and we'll be right back. All right, so we're uh, uh, back and we're still talking to Jan. Uh, we we're gonna talk about the, um, you know, you and my brother. Uh, teamed up and you got an apartment together how did that come about well actually i was talking to your dad and uh i was living with my brother roy and his wife and the, and the two boys well next thing you know it here was um i guess groundhog days in february isn't it yeah uh, my, my sister-in-law told me i had to be out by february the first i think february 2nd might be groundhog's day and I just kind of laughed and said, oh, you want me out by Groundhog's Day, huh? She didn't think it was too funny. <laughs> but there I was talking to your dad, 
And I told him I was looking for an apartment and needed a roommate. Well, come to find out, well, he says, well, my son Terry's looking for a roommate. Huh. And, and that's how we got together, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, that, you remember, <laughs> you remember the, uh, the property manager's name? Not at all, you do. Ruby. Remember yeah. Ruby? <laughs> Ruby, don't take your guns to town. <laughs> right. Yeah, she, uh, I remember her. I remember seeing the apartment with you guys, uh, and I don't remember, I think it was when Terry, Terry had furniture and stuff to, to take care of all that, but yeah, you guys, yeah. you guys threw some pretty good parties in that apartment. <laughs> oh, the weekend was great, man. We had a lot of fun. Remember the cops were called a couple times, but they were, I think they were called on the, the third floor. Weren't you on the second floor? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and I think they, the cops went to the third floor, but anyway, it was, it was crazy times on the weekends, all I know. We probably had the music turned up too loud, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, re I remember the little balcony. It was always fun to sit out on the balcony yeah. and drink beers and watch the cars go by, and you know. Yeah, probably had... Uh, it was a lot of fun. Probably had Gary Morris playing. <laughs> oh, my God. Trying <laughs> my beer, you know. Right. Secondhand hey. heart. <laughs> right. So, I I have to bring this up. Didn't you tell me about uh, um, a gal that was like chasing you well, not chasing you but she was very very infatuated with you and that's uh i don't remember what the story was if that was one of the reasons that you came to austin but i don't know you just i remember a story about a, a gal that was that was wanting to have your baby or something uh well actually i had broken up with a girl by the name of jackie bossy and uh, and I was just heartbroken, you know, and and I, and I thought I got to get out of here. So I I just you know my wheels were spinning, making three thirty five an hour at the gas station. I thought I'm getting the hell out of here. So, yeah. uh, but anyhow, <clears throat> I, I was uh, messing around with this this uh, this Christina Hastings, and she she ended up being my wife, you know. Oh and wow! I, I mean, I was fourteen years older than her. They should have locked me up and threw the key away, you know. Well, how how old was she? She was like 16, and I was oh. like 30. Oh, oh, dude. Maybe I should edit that out. Uh. <laughs> That's all right. But anyhow, she wanted to come down to Austin to see me. She was all crazy about me and everything. And next, you know what? I made her, I, I thought, you know what? I'm not having the sheriff, you know, come knocking on my door because I got this minor that going across the state line yeah. and, and, you know, and being with me. I made her get her mother on the phone. I never talked to her mother before or, or nothing. And her mother's name was Bonnie. And, and I, I took, you know, I told Bonnie, I said, well, if you're going to have me arrested, I'm, I don't want her down here. Well, she says, well, Bonnie <laughs> says, Chris is going to do what she wants to do. And I can't do anything about it. Wow. So if she wants to come down and see you, no, Jan, I'm not going to have you arrested. You know? Wow. And so, so here I am, you know, I, I, uh, I had that little car, and I thought, you know what, I, I was trying to uh, impress her, so I go to the rental wreck, uh, you, know, the, the, you know, to rent a car, Yeah. and, and I, I got this car, and, 
And, and so I had beer iced down for the three-hour trip from Austin to Dallas-Fort Worth, you know. Right. And so it, instead of uh, showing up drunk, I would look at my watch, and, and I would have one beer an hour, you know, on the, on the trip. <laughs> and so when I got there, her plane hadn't come in yet, so I went, I made a beeline to the frickin', uh the lounge, and uh, I always did like their Bloody Marys, you know, at the airports. So I'm sitting there having a Bloody Mary. I had like two or three of them, and finally, here she come, you know. Oh, man. And she just told me, she looked totally lost, but she wanted to be down there in Austin, you know, around my birthday in, in right. you know, the middle of May. And so, I mean, of all days, it's May 15th, my birthday, and I had to go make a lumber delivery to uh, Galveston, you know, Texas. Right. And... I asked her if she wanted to go along. I'd, I'd come by and pick her up, you know, at the, you know, at, at our apartment there, and yeah. uh, Terry and I's apartment. And she, she was all kind of, you know, uh, backward and everything. And she, she wanted to stay there. So, and I remember Terry and Terry saying she was very, very vulnerable. You know, right. Terry would say, "Hey, Chris, give me a beer." You know, <laughs> she, she would go and, and get him a beer. But uh, once she caught on to it, she turned out to be a real. You know, oh, yeah. crazy chick. It, it, uh, <laughs> just totally a ruler, you know. But yeah. anyhow, long story short, uh, I, I'm making this delivery down to uh, Galveston, and I pulled into this filling station. It was a full-service station, and I pulled right up in front of the diesel pump, and I told the dude to fill it up. He puts regular gasoline. Oh, no. I mean, I, it was a total nightmare. I had to oh. spend the night. Dude. You know, and, uh, you know, had to have the, the, the truck towed to a Ford dealership. I remember uh. the, 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 the record driver, he, he showed up in a wrecker, and I had that clear all-heart green on top of that rack, and that freaking truck was so heavy, when the wrecker put, grabbed a uh. hold of it and went to pull it up, the front wheels of the wrecker was off the ground. Damn, and dude. So, Oh, it was nuts, absolutely. And the record driver had tattooed teardrops coming off of his eyes, you know. <laughs> and so he's sharing, me, sharing with me a story where he's the record driver and showed up at this accident, a real bad highway wreck, you know. It's like a Bruce Springsteen song, Wreck on the Highway. <laughs> but come to find out, it was his dad, and the dad got killed. And the big cop told him, no, don't go up here, you know. Wow. But Yeah, he's telling me this big, long story. It was totally, it, it, here it was on my birthday, and, and I met this dude that detailed cars at the Ford dealership, and he ended up uh, having me come and stay at this trailer where he lived, him and his brother. Wow. And we went to a bar in Conroe, Texas, and I swear to God, the chicks were dressed up like Playboy pl uh, bunnies. Really? And when I went in there, you know, uh, the hospitality was great, because when they found out it was my birthday, I didn't have to buy a drink all night. <laughs> Yeah, I the love next that. Morning, the next morning, this dude, this young kid, his mom is pounding at the door and telling him to get up because he's got to go to work. <laughs> it's, and so uh, the, dealer, the dealership was right across the highway from this dude's trailer. And I got up. I had the most terrible freaking hangover and uh. went straight to a Wendy's restaurant and ordered something to eat. I could not even eat it. Oh, you know? man, dude. We ended up going to the Ford dealership, you know, and by then the truck was done, and I went and made my deliveries and headed back to Austin. But, but yeah, it was it was totally That's crazy. That's a great story, dude. I I didn't yeah. know about that. Yeah. 
That's that's. But yeah, I, I remember we were headed to the exit, and and the, my truck was so heavy that his front end he had to put the brakes on in order to, to for his truck to go down in the nose in order yeah. to turn to go into the exit. Yeah, that's I mean, crazy. I was scared to death, man. I had my feet on the dash and everything. I thought we were going to die, you know. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I you know a lot of memories had all kinds of fun in Austin, you know. Uh, Sixth Street, you know, you know, going to the oh, different yeah. bars and the saloons, and you well, know, you could walk in one bar, there'd be reggae music. Next door might be country. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, rock and roll, and, and it, it well, was just so much fun. And dude, fun, uh, 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 Aquafest. Remember? Oh my God, that was fun. <laughs> Aquafest was uh, it was just crazy. I mean, yeah. they had multiple stages. All along Auditorium Shores, it was nuts. It was like a three-day drunk fest, you know. I remember one of the stages, Chaka Khan, was there. Oh yeah. Yeah, but they'd have big name entertainment. There was a oh, lot dude, of fun. Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely. I remember. Uh, I, I remember. Yeah, I, I remember. I had that Dotson B two ten, like dark green, my favorite color, and I got out of there, and I'm drunk, and I'm driving home, you know. And next thing you know. Uh, I was at a stoplight, you know, just right downtown there. I was at the stoplight, and here somebody drunk comes up behind me, and I I hear the the brakes. Oh. It ran right into my ass end of the car. Damn! And they hit my car so freaking hard, the back window shattered. Holy shit! And I got so freaking scared because I was drunk. The light turned green, and I floored it and got the hell out of there because I was drunk. <laughs> Man, and so were I they. Drove home the car. Oh my god, I drove home, the car was all tore up. Ah, oh, dude. Man, yeah, and didn't, uh, at one point, didn't you get a DWI in Austin or no? I, I did, yeah, I was driving home. You know, I'd, been out, I'd probably been out to the bars, was driving home, and uh, I was going, well, right there at 183 where, you know. Oh, that's road, right. You, yeah, yeah, you were right down the hill from home. Yeah, I was going too fast for my turn. Uh, I, you know, I didn't make the friggin' turn, and next thing you know, here comes the cops. Oh, dude. I was thrown in, in the Austin, you know, Austin uh, jail overnight, and, uh, I mean, Mexicans in there, you name it, you know. And uh, I, my brother Roy says, well, Jan, you might as well stay and face the music, and, you know, and, and I thought, well, I'm not going to go to jail for nobody. I ended up getting an attorney and paying him a little bit of money, but... He was telling me that I was going to have to do a little bit of, you know, time in, in jail for a DUI. Mm. That's when I got paranoid and got scared and got the hell out of there. Wow. Yeah, my, my buddy was had moved to uh, Arlington, Texas. Well, he, he come down and helped me pack my stuff. I moved up to Arlington with him. I ended oh. up getting a job at a RV parts warehouse in Arlington. Wow. I stayed up there, I don't know, not very long. Uh, my buddy rented the house, didn't have enough money to... Uh, to turn on the, the lights, and, and, and uh, I mean, he's cooking on a, a camp stove in the backyard, and, oh, and uh, we didn't even have electricity. It, it, you get in the shower, and the freaking water was so freaking <laughs> cold, it was awful, you know. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Well, okay, well, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Uh, any final thoughts? I can't think of anything. Just it was just a, a pleasure, uh, you know, living in Austin. I, I mean, 
if I had to do it all over again, I would have stayed. But, uh, you know, and then I met up with you guys and you and your brother. And yeah. You guys are like brothers to me, you know? Yeah, man. It, it's, uh, it's a good friendship, you know? Yeah, brothers from a different mother, you know? That's, that's right. And I, I'll, yeah, but, I'll leave you with this. Shit the bed. No lie. <laughs> and with I that, remember you would text me that. I thought, oh my God, that was probably part of my vocabulary. It was. It was. Oh, we're going to wrap up. Uh, uh, stay on the line, Jen. Uh, but we're going to wrap up for now, and uh, maybe we'll have you on another time. Thanks a lot, sure. Jen. All right, folks, welcome back to the podcast here at the 420 SF Studio. I want to thank Jan again uh, for stopping by via telephone. Let's give him a round of applause. Uh, come on, we can do better than that. Yeah. I, I appreciate him. And uh, hey, so I, I did want to add something. Okay. I do want to add something. He um, he was telling me about uh, his Grand Funk experience, and I uh, I must have cut him off, and I really I really apologize for that. Didn't mean to. Um, so we're gonna have him back. We, you know, he, look, the dude can tell stories, and he cracks me up, uh, and so he's always welcome back. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into it a little bit more. Um, so yeah, uh, so thanks again, Jan. Um, let's see. I think I think what we need to do now is a little bit of uh. <laughs> Hey, News of the Weird is being brought to you by Ancera Hot Sauce. Look, I have what I call a healthy obsession with Ancera Hot Sauce. You know, it's the only hot sauce I have found that I can taste every ingredient. Dude, from the tomato, the onion, fresh jalapeno, cilantro, it's all in there and more. Head on over to AnceraSalsa.com and choose from their five Excuse me, five amazing flavors. <laughs> uh, you got the mild, you got the hot, six-pack, habanero, and green sauce. Oh, yeah. I'll get on over there now, and when you enter promo code SLOPPYPOD, that's all uppercase, all one word, you'll receive 25% off. 25% off your entire order. So, dude, let's get sloppy. Stock up, man. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, man. A woman who reportedly cut off the penis of her boss at a bar located near Barcelona will be sent to prison without bail after, uh, after the court rejected her version of events in which she claimed she attacked her employer after he attempted excuse me, attempted to sexually assault her. Apparently she went off half-cocked. Heyo! 
So following the incident, the woman was held at the regional police station at Martorella, uh, Mar- I'm sorry, Martorell, uh, I guess, <laughs> which is unclear if the man's emergency surgery was successful. I certainly hope it was, man. That's uh, going to cause a, an issue if it wasn't, you know. Um, yeah, so... Essentially, uh, she is SOL. She was lying to the police. Not a good thing. Uh, what else? Okay, let's look here. Mm, I don't think so. Uh, let's take a look. All right, folks, a dose of frivolity. <laughs> oh man uh, staff of the El Paso uh, Zoo in Texas are preparing to press charges against a woman Wow, who jumped into the spider monkey exhibit on May 22nd and fed flaming hot Cheetos to the animals the El Paso Times reported wow really um oh god anyway sorry I, there, there's uh people on the outside of this building that decide they're gonna rev their engine or yell or whatever uh it never ends ha <sighs> anyway uh the uh, zookeepers found out about the stunt through uh, instagram when someone posted a video with a woman underneath the waterfall with the monkey just a few feet away while she must be wow so um let's see so the zoo director uh said this where did i see that this young lady decided to hop a fence climb through some bushes drop down into a four foot a four feet deep moat walk across the moat and try to feed the spider monkeys that's insanity especially because they're monkeys hey, hey with the monkeys and people say we're monkeying around Anyway, he continues to say it was stupid. Yeah, speaking of stupid. (laughs) What are you you stupid? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so he says it was stupid. She's very fortunate that it didn't come to a a worse outcome for her or the animals. Um and, you know, you would think she would have better sense because uh, while the woman has not been re- uh, named, her employer, Lovett Law Firm, recognized her and she was fired from her job there. So she must have a brain in her head if she worked for a law firm, unless she worked for Dewey, Cheat- uh, Dewey Cheatham and Howe. But, um, yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. I mean... Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so let's do one more, maybe two. Uh, here we go. 
On May 25th, New York Councilwoman uh, Helen Rosenthal virtually attended a finance committee meeting uh, commenting on school classroom sizes and education funding as she shifted her focus back and forth between the camera and the road. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, she was driving her car during the meeting, the New York Post reported. Uh, during her time as a council member, she had <clears throat> excuse me, she had advocated for improving bike lanes and expanding speed camera use. But since 2013, the license plate registered to her car has received 62 traffic violations. Uh, including three tickets for speeding in a school zone, all in 2020. <clears throat> so, yeah, she uh, she needs to be let go, and maybe even uh, you know, drop her in the clink for a little bit. That'll probably iron her out a little bit, right? Uh, one more. Uh, let's do one. more. Okay, so one more. Uh, and here it is. Kashe Quest, two years old, of Los Angeles, has been accepted into Mensa, the high, uh, the high IQ society. Funny I should stumble on that. Uh, Fox 11 TV reported on May 26 that she is the youngest member in the group's history. At about 17 to 18 months, she had recognized all the alphabet, numbers, colors, and shapes that her mother. Uh, and I'm going to butcher her mother's name. It's Indian, I think. It's uh, Sujit Athwal. Um, who knows? I'm sorry. Um, she says, uh, Quest can identify all 50 states by shape and location on the map. Uh, and is learning Spanish and sign language and can identify elements on the periodic table. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Quest IQ is measured at 146. 146. The average American is 100. Well, so that reminded me of this. Coming up. How'd you do on the IQ test? genius, but according to my calculations, he should be here in a few seconds. Oh, hello, Professor. <laughs> anyway. George, I cannot Please. Believe. Okay, so anyway, um, yeah, that just, I'm sorry, that just reminded me of that, and I thought I'd share, so. Um, so yeah, uh, she has an IQ of 146. Holy cow! Uh, she, uh, they they admit that Quest is still a, a normal two-year-old, um, where we have uh, negotiations, we have tantrums, uh, we're going at her pace, and we just want to make sure that she is that 
youthful as long as she can be. So, yeah, that's pretty impressive. So, uh, but with that, we're going to, what are we going to do? I, well, well, we'll find out when we come back. All right, folks, we are going to wind it down, but not before uh, leaving you with this, okay? We're going to go out with a bang or a bust. <laughs> and no, not that kind of bust, guys, okay? No. Uh, so here you go. A man has been arrested after he allegedly stole nearly 600 scratch-off cards from a store in hopes of collecting the winnings before coming up short on all of them. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <clears throat> so, let's see here. Uh, the 22-year-old suspect allegedly stole a total of 591 scratch cards <clears throat> in the Polish town of Ilawa, Ilawa, yeah, whatever. Uh, the total value was worth a total of 2,500 Polish zlotys, I guess. I have no idea. Um, nor does it matter. Um, because it just, you know, basically speaks for itself. He is a, well, let him sing it. I'm a Compliments of the Beatles. I'm a loser, <laughs> and I'm not what I appear to be. Yeah. Of all the love I have won or have lost, all right, thank you, John. There is one love I should never. Have all right, um, and that'll do it for this episode. I think this is the longest episode now to date. Okay. Um, and thank you again to Jan Schroeder. Uh, he's going to be back, I guarantee you. He's got a lot of stories, and he loves to he loves to tell stories, man. He he's funny as hell. So, anywho, uh, we're going to go, and uh, I'll, t- I- I'll say one more thing. <laughs> Please, for those folks that listen. Religious, well, not religiously. Nobody does that. But um, just hang in there with me. Don't don't jump ship. Uh, you know, it'll it'll get better someday. <laughs> it is a sloppy pod, but um, I just ask for your support. And anyway, you can show it. Order some Mancera hot sauce. You know, twenty five percent off, dude. Come on. Uh, uh, let's see what else. I think that'll do it. So we're gonna wrap. Y'all uh, have a great weekend, a great week ahead. We'll see you next Friday, and uh, yeah, we'll see ya later. <laughs> <laughs>